Welcome to the Good Grind Podcast. I am Chris Enroth, horticulture educator with the University of Illinois Extension, coming at you from Mac Home, Illinois, and we have got a great show for you today. We are going to be talking all about bed bugs. Ah, oh, yes, I'm starting to itch already. Uh, it is contagious, and we'll tell you all about how that itch can be contagious just by us talking about it. But don't worry, at the end of the show, you'll have plenty of tips to avoid bed bugs for this holiday season. And you know, I'm not doing this by myself. I'm joined as always every single week by horticulture educator, Ken Johnson in Jacksonville. Hey, Ken. Hello, Chris. How are you? It's been a while. Ah, yes. Yeah, you you look very nice. Uh, a nice beard trim. Uh, I see, uh, uh, was it your wife that got you cleaned up finally for Thanksgiving? Yeah, pictures and kids come out. This is the first time they've ever seen my lips before, which it's not true, but it's been a few years, so. It's been a while. Yeah. It's the first time I've seen your lips for a little while. So it's it's good to see a little bit more of your face there. So um, are you enjoying the fact that it is unseasonably cold right now? Um, I think we're we're sort of branching up into the mid-20s where I'm at Macomb currently. I am. It was beautiful this morning. It was like 14, 15 degrees. <laughs> see your breath. It's, it's a great time to be alive. It is. It is. It, it's a good reminder that you're alive when it hurts, when you breathe outside. So, yeah, it's, it's a very, very cold. So I moved the last of my plants from the garage into the basement, and I literally have no room for anything else in my house. Um, I had to brutally hack the lemon tree so that it would fit. And I'm overwintering several potted annuals, and they are now all in the basement, along with the worms for the worm bin and the cockroaches. So um, for all of our school stuff that we do. So everybody is out of the garage. The garage doors can be open and freeze to the heart's content. Are, is, is everybody safe in, in your house, Ken, in the warmth? Uh, we do have a few pots of dahlias that didn't make it in. Mm. We've had them in those pots for three or four years. And then I kind of forgot about them, even though the right as you walk inside outside. But then it got down into the 20s. And yeah, they probably froze. And they're definitely frozen now. So that's three fewer pots I have to deal with and bring in. But other than that, everything's in. Not necessarily where it needs to be. We got to set up some grow lights still. All of our citrus is blooming right now. So it smells really good in our dining room. So I, don't, I can't get my lemon tree to bloom. So one day, I think it's like eight years old now. So one day. I'll get something from it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I would say we are fully prepared. Everything's crammed in there. I even added a whole nother light shelf, uh, a rack of flats and lights. Um, and it's mostly ginger. <laughs> Keeping it going. Yeah, I think, I think I've gotten rid of most of the stuff in the group. I think probably down to five, 10 pounds left. Mm -hmm. So see if get rid of that or save it for next year and go from there. Sounds like a plan. Well, Ken, today we are going to be talking about um, at least the subject matter is, is a favorite of yours in terms of insects. So, you know, you, uh, everyone listening, Ken really does uh, favor insects, invertebrates, you know, the guys without the spine, um, there's skeletons on the outside. Um, so creepy, creepy uh, crawlies, creepy crawlies. Uh, how, what else can we say here? But, but yeah, Ken really does enjoy, 
uh, this topic. So are you excited to be talking about bed bugs? I am excited. Any <laughs> any topic about insects is a good topic. <laughs> well, that sounds great. I, I am pretty happy to be, to be talking about this one, too. So let's introduce our special guest for today. We're going to be chatting with entomologist Dr. Casey Athey in Champaign-Urbana. Uh, Casey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, we are happy to have you. So on the topic of bedbugs, I, I guess let's just start out with what's your background in bedbugs? Because I know you from uh, commercial ag entomology dealing with uh, pesky critters and like high tunnels and such. So tell us your background here with bedbugs. Yeah, so my research background has been kind of all over the place. So, uh, of course, I now work in specialty crops, but I did do a postdoc for a while for about two years in um, bed bugs. So I worked on uh, looking at bed bug behavior uh, after they've been exposed to insecticides. And so I actually had colonies of bed bugs that I took care of and um, did experiments with. Uh, our lab actually had I want to say like 12 to 15 different colonies of bed bugs. So I spent a lot of time with bed bugs for about two years. So if you're, if you're raising a colony of bed bugs, how do you feed them? You just stick your arm in there? Or... No. So actually what's interesting is when people first started doing research on bed bugs again, um, after, you know, the first resurgence, people were actually feeding bed bugs that way. So you get them in a little cup and you basically take the cup and you put it on your arm and you let them feed that way. We don't do it that way anymore. Um, so there's an artificial feeding system and you use some sort of uh, other animal blood in there. And uh, then you feed the bed bugs that way. So you don't have to use yourself. <laughs> I don't think I would have done it if that had been the case. <clears throat> no, well, I, I guess, well, maybe we're getting too far into the show, but you'd have to be a person who doesn't react to their bites. But uh, that would be important, but we're getting ahead of the yes. game here. So uh, we have we have a lot to talk about when it comes to bed bugs. Um, and so, Ken, would you mind getting us started this week, please? Sure. So I think, well, one of the reasons this, one thing that prompted this topic was, I guess it was back in October, I guess the Paris fashion show. There's all kinds of news articles about bed bugs being all over the place in, in France and Europe in general. Uh, more recently, there's been a lot of stuff come out about resurgence of bed bugs in Asia. So what, what exactly is going on around the world with bed bugs everywhere? Yeah. So that's a, that's a complicated question, of course. Um, I think the first thing to note is that I think it's really interesting that this is making news right now. Um, part of what's happening right now is likely that there are a few more cases of bed bugs currently than there have been in the last, you know, three or four years. Uh, the reason for this is during the pandemic, people didn't move around nearly as much as they do right now, right? If you're in quarantine, you're not going to stay at a hotel, you're not traveling, you're not interacting with as many people. And so there truly was a decrease in numbers during the pandemic. And now here we are, you know, really probably two years out-ish of when people started moving around more. And this is about the time we might expect to see a few more cases from pest control operators. So that is a little bit going on. Um, however, the bed bugs in big cities across the world uh, have been with us again since the late 90s. And this resurgence, this making news is likely 
not because all of a sudden there are more bed bugs in Paris or in, you know, different areas in Asia and Europe, but that it's making news. Um, so one thing that I noticed when I was looking into this is sort of the influence of social media, of course. So there was a CBS news story and it's talking about how bad these, these are in Paris and it's talking about how they're everywhere and they're on the trains and everybody's seeing them. And it has a picture that someone on Twitter took and has posted this picture on a train. And in the picture, you can see something that may have been an insect. It may not have been an insect. Kind of looked like it had wings. It did not look like a bed bug to me. But that was enough evidence to have CBS News write an article about how there are bed bugs all over these trains in Paris. And not to say that you can't have bed bugs on trains, on subways. You certainly can. But I think grain of salt with all of this. Um, and one of my PSAs that I will give all the time is that somebody's blurry camera picture of a bug does not actually tell you anything about anything. Um, and it, it shouldn't be the reason why people panic and try to get off the train um, when there's not necessarily evidence that there were, there were bed bugs there. So I guess I'll start with that, that although there are definitely bed bugs in Paris, there are definitely bed bugs all over Europe, there are bed bugs kind of everywhere. Um, I don't think it's a time to think, oh, all of a sudden they're way worse than they they were before. I, I guess like that picture, people do that. Maybe they post it on social media because there's a little bit of hysteria or a little bit of fear when it comes to these. So is there a reason why we should be concerned about bed bugs? Is there a risk of disease? What's um, what what is the hysteria? What is that being fed? Like, what's the creating that? Yeah, I mean, bed bugs don't. First of all, bed bugs that we know of don't spread any disease, and that's not really why we're worried about them, right? So, bed bugs. There are several things. One is that. It's, it's a huge nuisance, obviously, to have bed, bugs biting you in your sleep. And most people uh, or people react very differently to their bites. So some people you'll have a little bit of a reaction. Maybe the bite itself will stick around for a day or two. Some people will have extreme reactions and um, those bites will stick around for a long time. Um, myself, I have been bit by a bed bug once while I was working with them. And my reaction is to get a welt that sticks around for like two weeks. It isn't particularly annoying, but it does not go away. Um, and I think the biggest problem with bed bugs is really the stigma that becomes attached to them. So we often talk about how the real sort of symptoms of having bed bugs aren't actually the bites. It's the mental um, uh, the uh, uh, mental health issues that come with it because people often feel like they did something wrong, that they're dirty or they brought them on them this on themselves and that sort of thing. And so there can be PTSD um, uh, associated with people who end up with um, bed bug infestations, a lot of anxiety. And I think truly that's more of the harm, if you will, from these than 
really the bites themselves. And of course, in extreme situations, really extreme situations, um, people can develop anemia, but that's if somebody has such an infestation that they've let go for a very long time. Um, and usually there's comorbidities that go with that. Um, often the people who let that go, uh, there's other things going on um, that cause them not to get their, their infestation treated. So a person who just ends up with bed bugs um, is never going to become anemic. That's not going to be a, a, an issue for them. It'll be probably more on the um, anxiety uh, side of, of the spectrum, really. And I want to note forever that it is not your fault if you get bed bugs. Um, I, I do have some tips to prevent. And if you do some of these, it's only slightly your fault, but for the most part, <laughs> it's just not, you can't know usually where they come from. And this is especially true if you live in an apartment building. Like if you get bed bugs and you live in an apartment building, it, it does you no good to think like, did somebody come in here and bring them or blame family and friends? Like you just got to try to get it treated. A little bit like cockroaches, especially in apartments. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like you just... <laughs> You don't know where they came from. And it's, again, for the most part, it's, it's not your fault if you get bed bugs. It's a thing that happens. And it happens, it happens to anyone. Um, one of the things that we used to talk about um, when I worked at UK, even before I worked in bed bugs, um, was that uh, when you go into hotel, people often assume that you're going to get bed bugs from like the seediest motel you've ever seen. I guarantee you, you're going to get bed bugs in a four-star hotel as well. You're just as likely to encounter them there because as people travel, things just move with them. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with the type of place you're in. Theme parks and in Florida. <laughs> Let's see which ones so I don't get disappeared. Disney is now honing in on your location. I think I hear a helicopter <laughs> approaching Jacksonville. <laughs> But I, I guess in, in all, a very serious vein, if we kind of think about the, the stigma and that that mental um, paralysis that can sometimes occur, I have dealt with with clients that have come in and they are just going like, you know, literally scratching themselves till they bleed. Um, and it's something where we can't even identify an insect anymore. Um even if maybe they treated it and it's gone, it is still in there. It, it's just kind of like the brain gets trapped in this loop of something's on me. I got a scratch. And then we call that delusional parasitosis, which um, is very difficult to deal with. Um, I mean, that's often like, it's something I just want to say to them, like, you know, you need to talk to your medical doctor and, and also maybe talk with like a licensed, um, you know, mental health person, uh, to try to work through breaking through that cycle of something's on me. Well, and it, it's interesting that you bring up delusionary parasitosis because, you know, we often, that often is not associated with having bed bugs or mm -hmm. um, anything like that. Now it can be as a result of the anxiety after it's gone, believing that it's not gone. Um, but delusionary parasitosis is really, really hard um, because there are many causes for why people end up with it. Um, some of it is sort of the easiest, you know, sort of low hanging fruit is um, drug abuse can cause delusionary parasitosis. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that can happen. But there are other illnesses as well as there are some Parkinson's drugs that actually will, one of the side effects is delusionary parasitosis. Um, 
And one of the biggest issues we have with, or that I've dealt with, with clients who um, uh, have that is that they basically get shunted back and forth. So they go to a doctor and a doctor says, oh, well, go talk to an entomologist. And then the entomologist says, well, I don't see any bugs. I don't see any evidence that would have, you know, an entomological cause. Like I've, I've looked at everything and I, I don't see that that is what is causing the issue. But it is difficult to get them to a mental health professional because often they will deny that entirely. And so you're really kind of in this really hard place um, to help. Um, and you don't want to discount what they're going through because it's severe and can be really debilitating, but it's very hard to help in that case. Um, uh, whereas if you have bed bugs, often the bites, although they will manifest differently on people, bed bug bites often will happen in a line because often when people are laying in bed, the bed bugs will sort of be biting along where that, you know, where your body is hitting the mattress. Um, and there are other ways to kind of tell if that's what someone has. Not to mention the fact that we do talk about bed bugs being small, and they are, except the adults aren't that small. They're really pretty easy to see, and they're dark in color. Um, and the, the eggs you can see with the naked eye, too. Um, so, you know, if somebody has bed bugs and they're trying to collect for insects, they'll be able to find some probably, versus somebody who has delusionary parasitosis often will bring samples that don't have mm -hmm. any arthropods in them at all. Yeah. And they'll often just keep saying, I have bed bugs. I have they, bed bugs mm -hmm. or, or some, something is biting them. Yeah. Yes. Something is biting. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it's, that's, it's, that's so hard. It really is. And it's hard when I'm not a trained medical professional, um, but medical professionals who aren't psychiatrists aren't trained to deal with it either. And so these patients often get shunted back and forth um, because there's not a lot we can do for them. So we we, we cover the stigma now. That's probably mm -hmm. one of the primary reasons that people are concerned about bed bugs. <laughs> uh, but another one is they're increasingly difficult to control. Um, yes. Why <laughs> is that? Why is it? Why are they so difficult to to manage? Well, so I'll I'll start this by saying that the reason for that is insecticide resistance, and we think at least most of there's others, but this is the main thing. Most of the reason for the resurgence. Um, of bed bugs is probably insecticide resistance. So up until, you know, around the end of World War II, bed bugs were just a common thing that people dealt with in, you know, sort of the US and European countries and that sort of thing. Um, and, and of course, around the world as well. And at the end of World War II, with the advent of DDT and the ability to spray that literally everywhere all the time and other broad spectrum insecticides we had, we just kind of got rid of bed bugs. Not fully, they were always there under the surface, but for the most part, they were kind of gone. And so even by the 70s, nobody had bed bugs. Um, and in fact, a lot of the research on bed bugs didn't exist so much during that time either. And the result of that was that things that people may have done, such as, I'm not gonna pick up a mattress off the street and take it home. I'm not gonna use secondhand plush furniture. I'm gonna be more careful with my secondhand goods and make sure that they are, that I've checked them to make sure I'm not bringing bugs into my house. People stopped doing all of that because there were no bed bugs, so no, why worry? So by the late 90s, we were seeing this resurgence and bed bugs are very resistant to most of the insecticides that I should say, 
mini bed bugs are very resistant to a lot of the insecticides we use for them. Um, and so all of a sudden people were seeing them a lot more and no one was taking the precautions to try to prevent them from spreading as they had done in the past. Uh, and then in addition, you know, we think that as travel became more common for people, you're just, people are moving around a lot as far as travel goes now, more so than they did in the past. And that moves things around as well. And I should say too, that it can be very expensive to treat for bed bugs and the non-insecticidal treatments, although they work, are often the most expensive way to go. And so it's really difficult for people who feel like they can't afford or maybe can't afford treatment. Um, and then usually you need more than one treatment to get rid of infestation and you can't do it on your own. I will say there are certain pest problems that you could go to Home Depot and buy the thing and spray it and do it right. If you have a bed bug problem, you have to get a pest control professional in to take care of that. You just can't do it yourself. Casey, let's say, let's start from, you know, square one here. We have some bites on us. We're like, mm -hmm. well, we just got home from traveling. Um, we wonder, do we have bed bugs? And if they're in the house, I guess, where do we start? Maybe you start with scouting. Where do we look first? And then if we find them, what do we do? Yeah, yeah. So if you think you have bed bugs in your house already, you want to look in places they're most likely going to be. And as the name would suggest, look at your bed first. Now, the scouting, I'm going to do this twofold. So there's two things the scouting will give you. This is the scouting you can do in your house if you want to look for bed bugs. And this is also the scouting you should do every single time you go to any hotel room or Airbnb forever and ever for the rest of your life. So you want to go and take the sheets off. You don't have to fully unmake a bed. If it's in your house, go ahead and fully unmake a bed. If you're in a hotel, pull the sheets and the liner and everything off. I do it at the top of the bed. So I pull that off. And then you're going to want to inspect the seam of your mattress first. Always look at those seams. Um, you're gonna be looking for little brown spots. You're gonna be looking for bugs. Uh, the eggs are white. They're small and sort of cylindrical. You're gonna look for those. The brown spots are gonna be your first giveaway, which is their poop. Um, and so if you see a bunch of brown spots, that's indication that you may have had bed bugs, you may currently have them, and you're gonna wanna look for the bugs. Um, bed bugs are what we call thigmotactic, positively thigmotactic. I love that word. All it means is they like to be touching surfaces on as many of their surfaces as they can. So you're looking at folds, you're looking at small areas, that's where they're gonna be. Bed bugs aren't just gonna be like hanging out in the middle of your bed, unless you have a crazy infestation again. They're, or it's they're the cuddlers. They're, they're like cuddlers. To yes, mm -hmm. truly. Um, uh, and so um, when you're in a hotel room, you're looking at that seam. Um, and if you're in your house, you wanna look at the areas like if you have a headboard, you want to look at areas where it comes to a corner on the headboard. You can also look at outlet covers. So if you take your outlet covers off at your house, they can be behind that. They can be small enough to be in the um, uh, the screw that's in the outlet cover, the little line that you put the screwdriver in. They can be in that. Um, so small spaces. But you're really going to want to inspect around the bed. So in a hotel. You want to inspect those seams, look for those. Um, and then if you're 
really, really worried about it. You can also take the headboard off the wall in a hotel. So they're on rails. You can actually just lift them up and then look back there as well and look for bed bugs. Full disclosure, I don't usually do that. I usually just inspect the mattresses in a hotel. Um, but that's where you're going to want to start. They also make some um, uh, things that you can put your bed, um, the feet of your bed into that are a monitoring device. They're called climb-ups. Um, but you're going to want to contact your pest control professional if you really think you have bed bugs and have them come out and scout for you. Once you do your cursory glance, um, if you're still worried about it, just contact a professional and have them come out. They'll do a much more thorough job. Um, I will say, too, in a hotel, sometimes you'll find those your mattress is completely encased in a zippered bed bug protector. Those are a good thing. If you see that, big old thumbs up. The reason for that is because bed bugs can't get through that. It's zippered. And so they can't really get in and like get in those folds. And there's nothing in that cover for them to hide in. And so you could still have bed bugs in the room, but they're not going to be living in the bed. And so those things actually are nice to see in a hotel room. And, and for a hotel room for the headboard, you take a credit card too. They got to swipe. Yeah. If you don't want to take it off. Yeah. Yeah. You can do that too. And if you get, you know, gooey stuff on okay. it, that's yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be brown. It's always going to be brown, um, mm -hmm. uh, dark. Uh, and the other thing is, um, I know that I'm answering sort of many things at once, but when you go to a hotel, go to an Airbnb, always and forever do this as well. Put your luggage on a hard surface before you've done your inspection. So I usually, we usually end up putting it on like the desk or whatever's in the room. You may also put it in the bathtub, um, those sorts of things. Don't put it on the carpet. Don't put it on the beds. Um, do your inspection first, um, hard surface. Uh, those things, the thing about the putting it on a hard surface and checking the bed, it's not going to take you very long. It takes you a couple of minutes, but it's a good first line of defense because if there's bed bugs there, you're going to see evidence of it. Um, because in a hotel, the infestation, if it's bad enough that it's all over, well, you're certainly going to see it. But in a hotel, you would expect an infestation to be kind of light. And so it's going to be in the bed, likely. Uh, and so, you know, that's the place to inspect. They're likely to be managing an infestation. So if they are there, population's probably not exploded. Correct. Um, and, you know, something important to remember about bed bugs. Bed bugs aren't like lice or fleas. They don't live on us. They live on a different surface and then they come out and feed on us. So it's not like bed bugs are regularly hitching a ride with everyone all the time. Even if you have bed bugs, you're not necessarily taking them with you everywhere um, because that's just not really how they work. Like at night, they're during the day, they're asleep in wherever place they wanna be asleep in, um, which again, is probably your bed um, or areas around it. Um, and so if a hotel is doing their job, and getting reports of any bed bugs that are found and treating it regularly, there's not a lot to worry about. These are incidental infestations that are easy to deal with. Um, it's when you end up in a place where maybe if you go down, if you're ever in a hotel and you think you found bed bugs and you go down and tell them and they refuse to check, they deny it, they uh, 
that's worrisome because they need to be on. It's good if they're like, oh, yeah, we'll go check. We'll get you in a new room. We'll make sure we get that taken care of. It's bad if they're like, absolutely not. That can't be possible. And I'm not doing anything about it Um, because that's when it gets worse. If I've reached out to a pest control professional and and I've heard this dealing with other folks that have had to um, uh, eliminate bed bugs in their home, they'll offer different treatments sometimes. It's a fog, chemical fog. Sometimes it's heat treatment. Um, is there any a, a recommended treatment or do we do go case by case basis um, when people are faced with having to pick which treatment is being offered by the company? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there are a variety of things. Um, and I think you follow the lead of the pest control company um, as to what they would recommend. Uh, there's a big piece here and that's cost. So heat treatments are great. They're great for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is that it's hard for bed bugs to become resistant to them. So heat treatments all the way. You can do that, yay. Heat treatments are expensive. They're probably the most expensive way that we can treat for bed bugs. They also can cause damage to your property depending on what you have in a room. You know, like you couldn't leave candles in there and stuff they'd melt mm-hmm. um uh and so that's another issue with with heat because you have to have it when it's a room you have to have the heat treatment going at a pretty high heat for kind of an extended period of time to kill everything um and it does a good job uh obviously spraying insecticides is cheaper spraying insecticides is always cheaper almost always mm-hmm. that's, yep. that's a cheaper answer um <clears throat> and so it depends on what they can um, offer you and what you can afford. Um, And so, you know, if we were able to offer everybody heat treatment with no issues um, and it wasn't the most expensive, I think it'd be pretty easy for us to say heat treatment's the answer. Um, But it often um, can be a little bit more difficult. And so aside from insecticide sprays, there's also something called diatomaceous earth that you can use. It's an irritant um, and it works really well, but the bed bugs have to actually encounter it and they sometimes will have the ability to kind of avoid it. And so you have to get really good coverage. And that brings me to the, if you think you have bed bugs, you need to clear any clutter in your house. One of the other big issues for pest control is when people have a lot of stuff out and laying around, bed bugs can get all in all of those things. And it's hard to get whatever control you're doing to permeate into all of those um, places. And so one of the first things they'll ask you to do is to clean up as much, as many things as you can before they start treating to see if, you know, we can get surfaces clear um, for uh, for the contact of whatever control measure we use to actually get to the bugs. A lot of those, if, especially if they're clothing items, bedding items, they need to be laundered again at, at a high heat um, setting. Or could they be can they use cold also? Is there cold treatments? So it's really cold is, outside. I'll yeah. just put my couch out there. Yeah, so there is there is some cold treatment, but it doesn't work quite as well. The heat is better for sure. Um, and your dryer works beautifully. Um, so if your dryer isn't super full, um, on high heat for 30 minutes will kill all life stages of bed bugs. So one of the things that people often do when they find out bed bugs, is they'll start throwing things away. And it's like, we don't have to do that at all. It's okay. Um, 
just start putting your stuff in your dryer. Uh, the other thing is bed bugs are nocturnal. So if you're doing all this during the day, it, they're not going to be like running around real fast and like able to reinfect all of a sudden. You know, you can, you have windows of time where you can get things taken care of, where you can get things cleaned up before pest control comes in. There, this is not, I think sometimes it feels like in the media and stuff, it feels like there's this idea that bed bugs are magic. Um, and they're not, uh, we, you know, you can handle this if you get an infestation. There's just a lot of things you have to do. Um, and luckily there's a lot of things within your own home. Steamers work pretty well. Uh, one of the issues is something like a couch where you have to be able to get that heat in. Um, and so if you're using something like a steamer and trying to kill the bugs in, in the couch, you will have to do that for quite some time in each spot. And, you know, there's some other things uh, there as well. Um, but I, I want to caution people from like panicking and starting to throw furniture away and pillows and like, if you have a bad infestation, maybe your mattress can go. That might be the one thing that's like, ah, just get a new mattress. <laughs> um, but, you know, most other things, um, even uh, if you can turn your tumbler on your dryer off, you can put things in there that can't be tumble dried, uh, just at high heat, um, things that can handle that. Other items can be put in there as well. So there's a lot that you can do um, to help if you have a uh, bed bug infestation. All right, so let's change gears a little bit and talk about history of bed bugs. So I guess when did you first kind of start dealing with bed bugs as humans? And I guess go back to why say sleep tight don't let the bed bugs because <laughs> as a kid i didn't have to worry about that but now right it all makes sense right that does make sense yes um yeah so you know bed bugs probably started out on bats um at least you know the, the species that usually is on humans uh probably came from one that fed on bats and so when humans were brand new and living in more close proximity to bats uh, there would have been a switch uh, to feeding on humans from feeding on, on bats, potentially. And as humans moved into cities, then their ability to spread them to each other just kind of exploded, if you will. Um, and so when you look at the history of bedbugs, I know one of the things I've read is that, you know, when they open pharaoh tombs from like 1500 BC from Egypt, there are bedbugs, dead bedbugs in there. Um, and so they've really been with humans as long as we've been living in anything that we would consider a society um, and been our constant companion, except for in certain countries between somewhere around 1950 and 1990. <laughs> and I, I, I um, just doing a little bit of reading before the show, I came across a fascinating um article piece it's the history of bed bug management with lessons from the past university of montana will link down below i want some of the names that we have called bed bugs in the past i just think are fascinating um i love i love mahogany flats um is what they used to call bed bugs or red coats the crimson ramblers uh, <laughs> bed louse which that yeah, makes sense wall louse but my favorite of all might be the Night Rider. Well, Night Rider is great. I think Crimson Rambler is great because that sounds like a uh, mascot for a um, small uh, non-Power 5 <laughs> conference football team. 
<laughs> just a bed bug. <laughs> yes, it'd be great. Minor that would be perfect. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, oh. amazing. Well, so I so we've had them for a long time, and you're right. Yes. We are so lucky in this brief history of time that we have been here in North America where we haven't had bed bugs because of a, a handy dandy little chemical uh, DDT <laughs> um, um, is not that good. It, yes, it killed bed bugs and mosquitoes, but it's not good for the rest of the world uh, environment. So, mm-hmm. uh, or yeah, really we, humans for that matter, actually. Uh, yeah, human health uh, included. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, not great. Um, and also, bed bugs develop resistance to that too. So, I mean, you Perfect. know, it was that was bound to happen because it was spread so ubiquitously. Um, I think, as a note, with DDT resistance to DDT in houseflies was discovered like. I think like six years after we started spraying it everywhere, like so fast, <laughs> the resistance developed so quickly to that because it was everywhere. So you're, it, it sounds like we're expecting to see maybe a little bit back to historical norms of humans and bed bugs interaction, especially in our developed parts of the world where we haven't, as we've said earlier in the podcast, we have not had to think about should I take that used couch off the curb? Um, now we do. We got to really think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's been true since the late 90s. Uh, you know, when in the early, in the 2010s, uh, a lot of research was starting to happen on bed bugs and why we were seeing more. And there were tons of papers written uncovering the insecticide resistance piece of it, of course. Um, and, you know, when I was in college at the University of Kentucky, uh, <clears throat> we had a lot of, bed bug infestations in Cincinnati and Lexington and Louisville. You just very, very large uh, uh, amounts of infestation for sure. And and in any of these areas, uh, Baltimore, you know, sort of the Eastern seaboard. So again, this resurgence is not new. And I I still don't think the thing in Paris is really new. I think it's just making news again. Um, Much like we go through these cycles where you get more news about, oh my gosh, there's bed bugs everywhere. And then that goes down not because there's not bed bugs everywhere but it's because we're not talking about it i've i've had a few cases of false alarms with bed bugs people bring in uh, a sample and i'm like "Ooh, that looks like a bed bug but then i get it under a microscope and there is a distinct difference here and it turned out it was a bat bug so <laughs> bed bugs they're obviously long time ago there was a uh, some type of a divergence here um between bat bugs and bed bugs but we still have the bat bugs mm-hmm. what are bat bugs and do we have to worry about bat bugs now yeah so bat bugs are just another species really closely related to bed bugs at least here in the u.s there are other species but that doesn't matter because they're you know uh in other countries there are some other species so bat bugs again primarily will feed on bats but much like bed bugs i mean bed bugs can feed on chickens and all kinds of stuff like they're not these are not special so we do occasionally see an infestation of bat bugs in a house. Generally speaking, that's when somebody has a bat roosting in an attic. Uh, well, a lot of bats roosting in an attic, and maybe they get rid of the bats, and the bat bugs don't all go with them, and so then they end up on the people. Um, and your treatment and everything of bat bugs, I mean, you still have to get rid of them. Um, uh and they will feed on people as well. It's rarer. I think what's interesting to me is 
because of the stigma of bed bugs, people who know bat bugs exist will often come into pest control or an extension office and say, oh, I think these are bat bugs. These are bat bugs, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then you'll be like, well, those are bed bugs. And it doesn't really make a difference. Again, it's not your fault that you have either of them. Things happen. But I think people think the bat bug sounds less like, oh, I've done something dirty and bad um, because I have these instead of the bed bugs. Um, but generally speaking, if you have bat bugs, you probably still have to, you know, get those treated for um, because they will still still feed on people a little. All right. So now, now the holidays are we're full, full swing for the holidays here. People are traveling. <laughs> a lot of us went out, left town for Thanksgiving and are back now. Um, so we mentioned this a little bit, some of the things you need to do in like hotel rooms, checking and stuff. Uh, is there anything else we can do to avoid bringing bad bugs home like after we get home or mm -hmm. and all that? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the easiest thing to do when you get home is to put all of your clothes and everything in a dryer for 30 minutes on high heat. Um, that'll kill anything that's in there. You can use a steamer on your luggage uh, as well um, to try to take care of if you brought anything home with you. Um, that's the easiest thing. And if you, it's pretty simple to do. Again, I would bring the stuff in if you're going to do it that way. Don't bring it in your house. Just bring it, you know, the pieces directly into the dryer, that sort of thing. Don't go put the luggage on your bed and then take the stuff to the dryer. Um, hard surfaces are always a good idea of, you know, putting your stuff on first. Um, but if you have a dryer in your house, that's an easy thing to do. Now, obviously, if you don't have a dryer in your house, uh, that's harder. Uh, steamer is always a good thing. So if you can get yourself a steamer, you can, but you'd have to do everything individually that way. Um, the other thing that I've seen recommended from some other entomologists is uh, taking a lint roller on your clothes when you're in a hotel room and just lint rolling um, uh, just in case for some reason, if you had bed bugs and you didn't see it and you got like an egg on there or something, that'll pull them off. They're not gonna be stuck to you. Um, <clears throat> I have never done that myself, but you know, there's a lot of, if you, the, it doesn't hurt you to do, you know, any of these things. And especially if you don't have a dryer at home, the lint roller might be a better way to go if you don't just have access to a dryer that you can usually easily use once you get home. I will do my PSA one more time about be skeptical when people post blurry photos of bugs and claim it <laughs> proves anything. Always be skeptical about some person on Twitter saying a thing. Um, yes. Forever and always and always, even if CBS News picked up that person on Twitter, um, just if you can't tell what it is in the picture, I guarantee you an entomologist can't either. And by that, I mean, if it's blurry and you're like, I, that's a spot of something, um, it's not an identifiable thing. <laughs> right. Take it into Casey and Ken, let them look at it under a microscope, and then they can give you a confirmed uh confirmation of bed bug or not bed bug that, that'd be a fun game to play um <laughs> yes i can do that <laughs> yes yep until yeah oh and if it has wings it's not a bed bug ever bed bugs don't have wings if it's got wings then you could just rule that out entirely yeah it's always fun when they bring them in alive yes All right. <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, this is going to go to the freezer right away. Mm -hmm. Immediately. <laughs> yep. yep. So, so well, that was a lot of great information about uh, bed bugs. I, I think what I took away from this is 
prevention and vigilance, I mean, is really, really key when it comes to avoiding bed bugs and 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 introducing them to your house. And again, it is not your fault. They yep. this is what they do. This is their life cycle. So they 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 want you to take them uh, home. And so it, this is the, there shouldn't necessarily be a stigma attached to this because um, bed bugs have been part of human civilization since the beginning. Um, so that that I think that was some some key takeaways. Contact your entomologist, uh, Dr. Casey Athey. We will we'll have your contact information below. Get ready for the onslaught of emails <laughs> from our five <laughs> listeners. Um, so, but thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. And yeah, don't be embarrassed if you have bug bugs. Please just call your pest control operator and let them help you get that taken care of. Yes, yes. Well, the Good Growing Podcast is a production of University of Illinois Extension, edited this week by me, Chris Enroth. A special thank you to Ken Johnson for hanging out with me once again. Good to see you again, Ken, after our, a couple of weeks of uh, podcast uh, hiatus. So uh, thanks for being here today. You too. And again, as always, thank you, Casey, for being on. It's always, it's always a good day when you're on because we're talking insects. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and uh, Chris, let's do this again next week. Oh, we shall do this again next week. It is a uh, holiday surprise of what will uh, be in store for you next week. So uh, download, tune in, watch, whatever it is you do uh, uh, next week and, and hear about uh, some more horticultural hijinks. Well, listeners, thank you for doing what you do best, and that is listening, or if you're watching us on YouTube, watching, and as always, keep on growing.